what is going on far down breakdown and tonight we are joined by our homies atticus and christian from the phenomenal charlotte pop punk band seneca burns you are listening to their latest single weedle which has only been out for a month and has already surpassed 10,000 streams plus on spotify congrats homies what's going on how you guys doing Thank you all so much for having us. What's happening? Nothing much, man. I'm I'm super excited to have you guys on. Um, You know, the the Charlotte scene is near and dear to my heart, even though I'm an old soul and I'm not going to shows as much as I would like to. But Charlotte is my home. And I spent basically the last year and a half hyping up the Orlando scene on this podcast. And it's time to hype up the Charlotte scene. And right there, front and center, are you guys in Seneca Burns doing some big things here in Charlotte? Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a very short ride thus far, like within this project, but you know, we've all kind of, it was one of those, like you came, we all came out of COVID and it was like, we got to do something, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been a fun ride and we've kind of, I don't want to say we've like hacked the code or, or that we've figured anything out, but I think we've just met some really, really, really cool people and we've all decided to get together and do some pretty cool things. Absolutely. And like you guys came on my my radar when uh you played with Keep Flying. Like and now that I know that your band's really only been in existence for like a little over a year, like that Keep Flying show must have been like what, like month one of the band or like really early on, right? Almost two months. That, that Keep Flying show has a really special place in my heart because I had seen Home for the Day, which is Christian's other band. I had seen them play with Keep Flying uh, probably six or eight months prior. It was Keep Flying. I think was Flight Club on that show? Yep. It was Keep Keep Flying, Flight Club. Um, it was a really great night. And uh, his, his name is it's Mike, correctly? Mike's the like sax player? Uh, no, JJR. Oh, JGR. JJR, um, <clears throat> he and I watched uh, Stone Cold stomp a mud hole in Kevin Owens on the nice. uh, on the television in the corner after after the show was over. So it was it was a really special night for me. Oh, see well, that- now now I just want to pour salt on Tom's wounds because Tom is a huge wrestling fan, and if he mm-hmm. was here listening to this, he would have probably went on for like a twenty minute tangent about wrestling with you, but. I, I'm just so happy he wasn't here so that we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> I specifically remember at that show, they had it playing on the TV, which you've been to Skylark. You know that the TV is directly across from the stage. So I remember watching Keep Flying, and JJR was just looking over us at the TV the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, hysterical. I will say if anyone deserves to get a stone cold stunner is probably Kevin Owens. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was awesome. I think they executed it very well mm-hmm. uh, from a personal standpoint, like just knowing a little bit about the guys behind the scenes, Kevin Owens was the right guy for that. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. He deserved that. Um, yeah. And that's like, just as a big wrestling fan, I know how he was feeling in the middle of that ring. Just yeah. cloud nine couldn't top it. Great. Stone Cold is like his, it was his hero or is his hero, honestly. Everyone's hero. Everyone's professional wrestling is like. We, um, 
we we were really good friends with with Flight Club and um, their buddies band Centerfolds. Uh, I don't know if you've you've yes you... yes um holy shit is Centerfold yeah. still a thing? Uh, kinda <laughs> sorta, but um. <laughs> So, so one of the last Centerfolds tours that they they played, we booked them down in Orlando, and they they were down with um, with a band that would eventually become like Jet Jaguar. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was Pete's old band. I, I don't. I think it was like Hang Tight or something. I don't remember who it was, but um. So they came down, and um, I knew I know Ben, the, their guitarist, is a huge wrestling fan, like loves loves it watches it all the time and the night that we booked them was the night of SummerSlam. <laughs> so the the promoter down here in in orlando marshall he runs out of montgomery drive i said marshall is there a way that we could talk to the venue and possibly get them to put SummerSlam up somewhere by the bar or wherever and marshall goes i'll give you one better and we're like what he's like i'll put it on the projector behind them while they're playing will have SummerSlam playing behind them. So Ben was literally back to the audience, jamming out to like all the centerfold set, <laughs> watching SummerSlam, just like enamored. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's I think it was like SummerSlam, like 20, it had to have been 2018. Oh, that might've been John Cena, AJ Styles. That might've been so. SummerSlam. Because we were like, we were all just like watching it, like waiting for something cool to happen. I think it was the the John Cena AJ Styles uh, uh, marquee. I don't even know where to go with this. I have no. no, I cannot contribute to this conversation. The the Attitude Era memory for me. Like I I played with Centerfolds in 2016. I doubt they remember me. It was my first band, and we played in a living room in Greensboro. Nice. I vividly remember that show. Dude, we've we've been friends with Centerfolds for so long, and um, especially when so Tommy used to be in a easy core band called Cowabunga back in the day, and we were like super close with them. And it's just really cool, like seeing all these like like friends from like Northern Virginia, DC area, and um, and last time we were, when we were on tour for um, uh, the Bar Down Breakdown Fest year one last year. Uh, we we stayed at Charlie's uh, apartment, the singer of Flight Club, and he was out of town with his girlfriend doing something. And then his his friend Monroe let us stay over, and um, Monroe didn't tell us how the bathroom situation was. So it was like these old like uh, Richmond like flats where e- each room had a bathroom in it, and we were all kind of like. We went to emo like it was like an emo night karaoke thing that we did like after the show, so we were a little blitzed. And um, one of one of us threw up in the sink, uh, and they did not have a garbage disposal, and it was a very hot day in June. Um, mm. Mm. One of the other guys accident because he couldn't find the bathroom, and, he, and we were on the fourth floor, so he wasn't going to run all the way downstairs because there was no elevator. Pissed in the sink. And we kind of we washed it down, and then um, we uh, we ended up finding the only bathroom was Charlie's bathroom, so we clogged his toilet. And uh, they look, I don't understand how a house with three dudes in it doesn't own a plunger, but they don't own one. 
So we had we had a broken drumstick, and that's what we used. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 Not even a clothes hanger. Not no, even just a, a broken drumstick. Charlie's the one with great hair, right? Yeah, Charlie's yeah. the yeah, yeah. He's the he's one the of singer. my one of my most cherished pictures. I don't think it's gonna show. One of there my most go. yeah, cherished pictures. One of my most cherished pictures on social media is that. I, I love that guy. He's so cool. Dude, so we love, like they're I so love good. All of them in Flight Club, like there's they're just the most fun band, and they deserve the world. Mm-hmm. Well, Except if, he needs a new toilet. If any other <laughs> band is listening or anyone around, don't let us go to your yeah, bathroom. They're gonna be like, yeah, out of time. Definitely not staying with us. Just tell us where your bathroom is, and we won't do any. Actually, Crease Rule threw up in the in the sink, so I gotta I gotta throw them under the the bus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can time, I can honestly say like the sloppiest times that we've had on the road involved a pitch black room that I wasn't even in. I sh- I don't deserve to tell this story, <laughs> but I know this story. Uh, a pitch black room and everybody is dead silent, and all you hear is the creaking and crackling of somebody's cookout wrapper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody knew what it was. <laughs> But the other sloppy moment was we got these trash plates in New Jersey. And oh, it was Rochester. Yeah, it was Rochester. Rochester, New York. Garbage 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 plate. plate, Yeah. yeah. And um, we we all went inside. Like I went to sleep, woke up in the morning, come out. And apparently somebody had an accident on the hood of John's car. And Nick from Home for the Day goes, John, who took a shit on your car? It was all the grease from the garbage plate and just like flowed over the hood of his car. And he's got like a, a like a matte gray like SUV, so it was just nasty brown Ooh. all across. <laughs> yeah, and those matte paint jobs are like super delicate too. Like you get stuff like that on it, it's not gonna come off nice and easily. <laughs> it's very porous. Oh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> word of the day we we did get the uh we we were able to so like crease rules from canada we were able to experience uh four four or oh, three foreigners uh experiencing cookout for the first time which was great and waffle house for the first time and if you've never taken somebody who doesn't know what a waffle house is to a waffle house it is such and it's like taking a kid to Disney World. <laughs> they were just like, they were like, we're like, double up your hash browns. They're like, what do you mean? We're like, double up your hash browns. They're like, well, how much is that? 50 cents more to double, double up your, up hash, your browns. hash browns. Just <laughs> double them up. And they're like, they're like, we don't, how much was this? And they looked at the price and they're just like, how do you guys eat for so cheap here? And I'm like, it's Waffle House, man. You don't question anything. Don't question the quality of the food. Don't question who's cooking it. Just eat it and go. You know what's crazy, though? Like, Waffle House, the worst thing on the menu is probably the waffles. Like, I think they're terrible. I I truly think that the waffles in Waffle House are terrible. I'm already not a waffle person, so I can agree with that pretty pretty easily. Christian, you have... You have a bias against Waffle House, so you're not allowed to speak in this conversation. <laughs> Just go to Hash House then. Well, Hash I don't House. know if I trust that or Huddle, Huddle House. <laughs> or that's the one. <laughs> Hash House sounds like Waffle House in the back when the cooks have their break and you just go deal business with them. 
Yep. Atticus, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but um, if you're coming down 85 towards Spartanville, uh, or um, Spartanburg, Spartanburg, Spartanville. Spartanville. It's um, the same thing as Greenville, Spartanburg. It's the Spartanville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, before you get, I think it's like right before Gaffney or right after, it's somewhere in there. There is a sketchy building that looks like it was a Waffle House, but it's called Mr. Waffle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I guarantee the waffles are probably good there. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we gotta we gotta head out towards we gotta head out down eighty five. I miss seeing the big ass in Gaffney, South Carolina. Y'all seen that big peach? Yeah. It just so looks last, like a big ass. Dude, last night we were coming back from Winston and um Ariana was in the back seat and we're stuck in traffic um looking at like it, all this road work. We, it added like 30 minutes to our trip, which was already like two and a half hours. Um and we get to the peach in Gaffney and Ari just goes, It's Donald Trump's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Might be accurate. Might be accurate. Yeah, the only thing we didn't do with them was south of the border. Oh, yeah, you got to. Not that they're missing much, but it's just cool to go just to take anybody who doesn't know what south of the border is to south of the border to just watch the disappointment on their face. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been there. I haven't. I've had the chips and salsa, like the what they sell in stores. I was like, this blows. Give me my Tostitos. It's not good. (laughs) Well, you know what is good? Is talking about what we got planned. Yeah, in- I thought this was an advertisement. I was about <laughs> oh, to no. I was about to say that was a hell of a transition. <laughs> well, it kind of is. It's it kind an of advertisement is a good for something that we find near and dear to our hearts. And uh, you know, Justin mentioned Bar Down Breakfast year one. Well, guess what? We got a Bar Down Breakfast year, year two. two. And B we have two. it here in the historic milestone in charlotte north carolina we got 24 bands playing 24 bands over two days two stages inside stage outside stage it's just going to be bonkers and it's funny you know i i reached out to the milestone uh, god it had to be over a year ago kind of pitching the idea of a pop punk festival in charlotte and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to talk to Christian. <laughs> yeah. And like two seconds later, I hit up Christian because Christian already reached out to the milestone to have a pop punk festival like the exact same weekend. I wanted to have a pop punk festival and it is going to be awesome. Teaming up with them has been nothing but a blast. And I guess, you know, this is really Christian's baby and we're, we're combining the bar down kind of breakdown fest model as that, that we had as well. And, uh, you know, Christian has a really solid mission for this festival and it's exactly what we believe in. Like we, that's what we did in year one of bar down Breakfest down in Orlando is to glow the Orlando scene and to, to bring some attention to what's going on in Orlando. But there's a lot of great things happen here in the Carolinas as well. And that's where I live. And even though I'm older, I still get out to shows as much as I can. And, uh, you know, this this is Christian and Atticus's scene. 
they're putting in the work here in Charlotte. So I guess Christian, why, why don't you tell us what your, your vision is for the fest? So I had run a festival from 2016 to 2018. It was called mouse fest. And my band, um, at the time, 40 ounce mouse, we headlined it every year, but it was cancer benefit. Uh, the first year was specifically to help my grandma who had gotten diagnosed with lung cancer. And we had, I think it was 15 bands playing in a two car garage up in Winston and different people in the community were like donating food for us to sell and snacks and drinks. And like that first year, just out of a garage, we raised over $1,200 and getting to move forward. We were partnered with Huntsman Cancer Institute and got to work successfully with them for two years. But in 2018, um, we did two nights, two cities. We did Charlotte at the milestone. And then the next night we had a whole different lineup in Greensboro at New York pizza. Um, and that was the first time I ever ran two stages at the milestone. And there was a small stage in the bar side. Um, now jump through COVID and everything. And I wanted to do another festival like that. Didn't really know what the cause would be, but I had seen where my other band home for the day were kind of not so much directly pop punk, but there's a lot of like hard rock influence as well. And we would get on these festivals where it would be like all the same metal and rock bands and even helping coordinate one. I would suggest like pop punk bands that were, you know, doing strong in the area. And it was like pulling teeth. And eventually I just got sick of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a festival festival myself. I'm going to do it on my birthday. And we're just going to showcase like everybody that isn't getting enough attention in the Carolina scene. And you reached out to me, Mike, and it, it became something so much bigger than I thought it would be like the fact that we're getting to run an outdoor stage at the milestone now is something I never would have thought would have happened, especially at a place like that or looking at it before they remodeled, there would have been no room to do an outdoor stage. That was, that was a building that flat part outside. That's just like a patio. That Mm -hmm. was a building there. (laughs) Um, It looks totally different since COVID like it's, it's, I don't want to say it's not the same place because it is, of course. But like, like he said, imagining an outdoor stage there three years ago, like you're crazy. So, so Christian, you said this weekend's going to be like your birthday weekend. June 30th is my birthday, and that's why I reached out to Buck. I think August of last year, and was okay. like, "Hey, I know this is crazy in advance, but can I get these dates on hold? I want to do another festival." And it wasn't two weeks later, I just get a random email from Mike and I'm like, what is going on? Why does this guy know what I'm doing? (laughs) So Uh, we're going to, we're going to party a little bit that weekend because my birthday is the 27th. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yes. Um, we'll, we'll, We'll find a way to kick it. Um, I'm probably going to be staying with one of the Seneca guys instead of driving all the way back to Spartanburg that weekend. Yeah. 
Oh, I wish there was the Matthews house was still there. Yeah. That would be that would be the convenient. Oh. Oh, so yeah. there was a, just like a local house that everyone would crash out after shows. <laughs> well, I used His to house. live in in Matthews. I just moved to Spartanburg oh, like oh. last week. Um, oh, so I would put up bands if they needed a place to stay, or like specifically when I would book shows in Charlotte for touring bands. Be like, hey, if you need a place to crash, I'm 20 minutes from the venue. Like, you can just chill here. We'll go get breakfast in the morning. Y'all go your merry way. And I've had bands as far as um, Canada, like just come crash in my living room. <laughs> That's sick. Awesome. So I guess for, you know, some people who might be in the Carolinas or, or you know, even people that are maybe coming from the, you know, outside of the Carolinas to come to this festival can you tell us a little bit about the milestone? Because I've only had the pleasure of going there once and it just felt like home, but you know, I don't want to be a poser and say that that's like my stomping grounds. Cause that was literally the only time I've been there, but I fell in love with it. So I guess since you guys go there all the time and have really, you know, put your, your stamp on that, that venue. Can you tell us a, a little bit about the milestone? Uh, Atticus, I'm sure you and I both have our own sentiment for the venue. Um, do you want to go first? <clears throat> so little, little short bio. Uh, I started out as a rapper. Uh, I was like rapping in high school and stuff like that. And uh, when I hit like 18, 19 into 20, like uh, nobody would let me play shows. Uh, I really, really wanted to play shows. And the hip hop scene is a lot different from the punk scene. And I didn't know at the time because I wasn't around anybody in bands or anything like that. But I had to cut my teeth in Greensboro. So there were like two or three, you know, weekends out of the month. I was driving an hour and a half to Greensboro to play two songs where I paid 10 bucks to play. And a friend of mine in a band called It Looks Sad, he's played with Yes Chef. He's played with a bunch of Charlotte bands, real, real veteran of the scene. His name's Laith Ali. Um, a, he was on tour in San Diego with it looks sad and forgot that he had booked a solo gig at the milestone. And on like 12 hours notice, he texted me and was like, Hey man, I know you've been trying to break into Charlotte and nobody will really let you. I got a date at the milestone. And I heard pray tell, you know, uh, the, the big historical significance is Nirvana played the milestone in 1990. Yeah. Um, it's the same and it's the exact same stage every it's not been like heavily remodeled in the stage area since you know it started um so it's got this air of history to it and you know i went and played and i made friends with buck and it's because of that that i was able to actually cut my teeth in charlotte you know i used to play in a band called duckbeak and it was those two avenues of not like, the hip hop thing it was it was Duckbeak and it was Buck at the Milestone really opening the door for me in Charlotte. And so when we came back from COVID, it was only right that, you know, the first Seneca show was was where we belong. And I really feel like tied to that. You know, there are venues in Charlotte that I won't name that really won't let us play. And it, it has nothing to do with the business. It has nothing to do with anything. I don't know why we can't play there. But one thing I know for certain is when I email Buck, it doesn't matter if I'm booking a Seneca show. It doesn't matter if I'm booking another band. He responds immediately. And that's that's what the Milestone Club is to me. You know, it's it's 
it's where we all belong. Amen. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, hey, Christian, you want to add a little, maybe uh, details or kind of your feelings on the, the milestone? Well, it something that Atticus mentioned, um, that show that he got on like day of because Lake dropped, had he not gotten on that show, Seneca may not be a thing because Home for the Day was on that show and that's how we met Atticus. Um, it was that night and that just kind of set all of this into motion four years ago. Um, but the, for me... The night, the night prior, uh, Christian met Matt, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. At the Gas House Festival in uh, Gastonia. It was, we played in some guy's backyard and <laughs> it was such a long day home for the day provided the PA and the guy still made us play first. And then Peter had to run sound until midnight. Oof. Um, that was, that was a rough night, but that was where I got to meet Matt. He was playing in no rope at the time. Um, but yeah, no, the milestone, like I had heard about it when I started getting into the music scene, like Winston and Greensboro was all I knew until I got, halfway through college and I was roommates with the guitarist for my first band. And, uh, we cut our teeth playing acoustic sets every Friday and Monday at coffee shops in, uh, Salisbury and Kannapolis respectively. And eventually somebody was like, Hey, do y'all want to come play as a proper band at the milestone? And we were actually opening for the fill-ins. Um, and it was just, I felt overwhelmed walking into the milestone as people were telling me like who all had played there, like minor threat, Sebado, uh, Gigi Allen got paid before a show and then took off and the, never actually played there. There's a giant bad brains graffiti that has a picture frame around it on the wall. Yeah. And it's just like, don't touch the bad brains graffiti. Yeah. It's no, really like, that's, cool. I, I was like looking over the uh, just the the alumni. I, I don't. There's no other word to describe the the list of bands that they have on that page, and and just seeing Bad Brains, Twenty Five to Life, uh, Sick of It All is played there. You know, all these bands that I grew up to like all played this venue, and I was just I'm just like I was just like so excited. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Christian. No, Wait, you're you're, you're playing Bar Down Breakfast, Justin. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but, you, uh, you're you're not allowed to not play if this continues on and on and on. Like, <laughs> you don't have the option to not play. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, the other thing Atticus brought up that I think it's really cool. So Nirvana played there before Dave Grohl was in the band. Well, Dave played there when he was still in his old band called Scream. Yep. Um, did not so know that. Somebody had told me that, and that first night we were there, I just couldn't stop crying through the whole set. I was like, Dave Grohl played on this stage. Like, <laughs> it, it is funny too, because like if you look at the alumni on, on the about page on the Milestone website, it'll say like Scream with Dave Grohl, and yeah. it'll say Nirvana without Dave Grohl. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> there's also a uh, bootleg vinyl of the part of the Nirvana show that was there, and you can get it like 30 bucks on eBay. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's super cool. And, and like one of the things that I, I totally respected as I was kind of, you know, looking around that night is like 
there's a bunch of signs that say like the stickers and you know like the graffiti and stuff like that's art like do not put your band sticker over anything that's in this building like the venue's been there since 19 what 69, 69. or something yep. yeah like it, it really feels like history and i'm unfortunately cbgb closed before i was able to go to shows mm. like it you know being a long island kid it was in the city so like i was going to the shows on long island and like none of the bands that i was really like in the pop punk scene playing there so like it closed before I ever had a chance to, to see a show there. But I had, I, you would have to think that the milestone and CBGB are like comparables, like the amount of history that's gone through those two places. Oh yeah. And there's, we've, we've strived to find the milestone in every city we go to because like the, the immediate parallel, I don't know how far North you guys have been, but like bug jar in Rochester is, love that place. A1. That place was so cool and it immediately gave us milestone vibes when we went inside. And I think the fact that we're searching for that parallel just speaks to the volumes uh, or speaks volumes to, you know, the the pedigree of of the venue. It's just it's just great. Like again, it's where I think everybody belongs. And it's crazy too because like venues like that really do not exist very much anymore. We had a, I grew up in Miami originally. We had a venue called Tobacco Road, which was like one of the oldest jazz clubs in the state of Florida. Like it was open like the 1920s or something. And I got lucky enough to play like a few jazz sets with like one of my jazz teachers in college there before they closed it. And you, you, something about just like when people say like the walls have history, like you could like, feel that history when you walk into the place and uh orlando we had a we had one venue that was very much like that and it was sound bar it was previous to sound bar it was back booth and then previous to back booth it was something else too but we had i've seen i saw so many of my favorite bands play there in a small setting and even like when i was able to play there in my like my high school years when i drove up from miami to play it was just it was different. And then once that venue closed, like we lost like a huge piece of our history. I completely agree. And you know, it's really, really hard. Like we all fought to save the milestone over COVID. Like right before COVID they had a a roof collapse in, in like, was it the bar side of the building, Christian? I think so. And they, they were like trying to get a new roof put on the place and, you know, all these other things. And it was really, really looking like, and, you know, we ran like a benefit that first month and it got like a couple thousand dollars and, you know, bought them some more time to just further cement how much the milestone means. I don't know who owns the property. I know that Buck owns the intellectual property of the milestone club. Yeah. But somebody bought the property and basically said, yeah, dude, this place means the world to me. And it's meant the world to me since it, it started like you guys are going to be here until it falls to the ground. That's awesome. Like that, that is what the milestone club means. You know, and Atticus, this is a little bit before you got involved in that scene, but thinking back to the first couple times I played the milestone, August of 2016 and March of 2017, like what you're talking about, isn't the first time we had to save the milestone. Because the first couple of times I played there, we didn't make a dime. 
Like mm-hmm. these shows were all like hashtag save the milestone on the flyer and they were just trying to stay afloat. Yeah. So it's like the first time I actually got to play a show there and we had a good crowd and we made money. It was like, holy shit. Like, okay, so this place is going to be around for a bit now. Like we know we have it. Yeah. And then COVID hit and it was, you know, we were scared we were going to lose it and Buck, Buck kept it, kept it afloat and he's still steering the ship. Like I'm, I'm thankful that the milestones there. Yeah. Yeah. Good venues are hard to find. And when, when they do exist, you got to keep them afloat, you know, on, on Long Island where it's very, very expensive and, you know, a, a, a punk DIY space, like, is not necessarily like break in the bank. Like it, it, they, they close all the time. And like the, the one venue that's kind of holding it down right now is Amityville M- music hall. And same thing, like during COVID they weren't sure they could keep the doors open. And a lot of the long Island bands came together. They put out a benefit comp and they kept the doors open. And if, if we would have lost AMH, like all we have right now is, a VFW, VFW hall yeah. and and you know long island is the scene that gave us brand new taking back sunday the movie life glass mm-hmm. jaw like the list of like influential bands that came from long island to then think like whoa there isn't even a venue right now <laughs> like it, yeah. it would be just unbelievable to think about and same goes for orlando you know we handpicked will's pub and uncle Lou's so that they are the they're the milestone of Orlando and they're, they're super important. And uh, I'm just super excited to have a really special weekend there. It's going to be a blast, you know, June 30th, July 1st, 24 bands, historic milestone. Like what else do you need to know? And yes, at a time and Seneca Burns are playing. Um, it, we, we're not going to sit here and read off all 24 bands playing, but this episode is dropping the day that the festival is going to be announced. So you'll be able to see exactly who's playing. But if you are a band that's just crushing it in the Carolinas, you're probably playing far down break fest. You're probably on it. <laughs> it, um, it, I'm glad that, you know, I, I've got here next to the screen, like the list of bands we have playing and just looking at it. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to me like and i know i i did get a little bit selfish with my birthday lineup like these are all the bands that i have loved watching play and it's you know we've got the pop punk the emo we've got some ska like there there's something for everybody on this bill like i'm really proud of it so i i just have to ask this question because what we had we had come clean on a few episodes ago and i i brought up you know one of my my favorite bands from north carolina that i just found randomly was uh never home like how did mm. you guys get them to do a reunion set um so i go a good a way back check with... a fact <laughs> check. <laughs> no, no. no um never home actually so i was talking about mouse fest and we would when we did it in 2018, Never Home was on the bill at the Milestone that night. And yeah. 40 Ounce Mouse played a couple other shows with them. And that's how I met Rob. And that's how I got introduced to Come Clean. Um, but Rob hit me up shortly after uh, 
doing the interview with y'all and he was like, Hey, so with this festival, would it be cool if, you know, never home played it as their reunion set? I was like, done deal. Yeah. So I had a hand in that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I've been asking about never home for a couple years and Rob's been like, yeah, we're working on it, but I don't know when it's coming. And then it's like, bam, it's here. And we played, um, last week with, uh, well, it was supposed to be with Clarity, which Dallas, the drummer for Come Clean, also drums in with Clarity. Unfortunately, yeah. they had to drop from the bill due to some family issues. But uh, I was hanging out with Dallas after the show at his house, and he's got like a studio in his garage. And he played me like three of the new Never Home songs. And I'm like, this is the best thing they have ever done. Like, <laughs> I, I need it now. <laughs> I got a side note. Have you ever played a mega church? Yes. <laughs> the sound. Wow. That was unbelievable. It punches you. Yes. Like Matt, Matt was over there on the left with his wedge. And with all the venues that we play, as long as I can hear the snare and can count, like I don't, I don't need anything. Yeah. And Matt's over there with his wedge, like, give me more of everything. <laughs> it sounds so good. So we, uh, in, in Miami, we used to have this, this, it was essentially like, it wasn't like a mega church, but it was like, whatever, whatever between is between the mega church and like the, the, the church steeple or like a, like a church hall. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've played church halls and the reverb is, is really good for church but not really good for amps and everything else. Yeah. So it was like, it was probably like a, like a 600 to like 700 cap church that we, we used to play in. And uh, we had like um, my children, my bride played there. Um, Memphis Mayfire played there. Like all these like hardcore post hardcore bands would always come and play there. And um, the sound was always so good from a place that's completely carpeted. Mm-hmm. just because the speaker system there is just phenomenal and yeah. i remember just like playing there all the time and just like absolutely loving like just hearing like the bass and hearing the drums and it was just like it it hits differently when you're in like a post hardcore style like like show yeah no i, I wanted to ask because the show that he was that christian was talking about last week was we played in a mega church in greensboro and it was just like wow I felt like the guy that's up there talking about Pokemon going, wah, 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 <laughs> So, yeah, um, you know, the, the tickets for Bar Down Breakfast are going to be available now. Probably right as you're listening to this episode, you can go and scoop them up. I can only imagine based on the last few Seneca shows, like this is going to, to sell out pretty quickly so you're definitely going to want to scoop those tickets for i i and i highly recommend for both nights just get the weekend pass it there's 24 killer bands a bunch of alumni for bar down breakdown are playing some of the homies who did the bar down break tour are going to be playing it's it's got like i said all the all the bands that you need to know from the carolinas are playing with a few other specialties sprinkled in there. And some some of the bands, I'm going to be completely honest, I wasn't familiar with at first, but like Fernway is now a, a new favorite of mine. Like that band is so freaking good. I'm so excited to see them. I'm so excited to see all 24 bands, but like 
there's a lot of bands that I've discovered because of this festival that absolutely rip. So if there's some bands that you're not too familiar with that are playing 100%, you need to check them out. Like Christian crushed the lineup. And, you know, like I said, we, we have some of our bar down breakdown homies playing as well. Obviously couldn't be a festival without out of time playing. So super excited to see them again, just going to be a really special weekend. And I'm so excited to have it here in Charlotte and to, to bring a little attention to the scene that's going on here. So definitely get those tickets ASAP. I'm, I'm really excited about Fernway. Like I, cause I've, they've been touring since before their name changed. They used to be like more easy core, kind of like the second after they were called rescue Dawn. And in 2016, we played a house show with them in Greensboro. They were like, yo, every time we come back, like, just help us. So all but, like, two shows Fernway has ever played in North Carolina, I've booked them. <laughs> and when we did that festival in 2018, they were the only band that was on both nights with 40 Ounce Mouse. They co-headlined. They drove all the way down from Buffalo just to do that. So when I started talking about this festival, um, their guitarist, Jonah, hit me up. He's like, how do we make this happen? So it's it's real special. I, I love the guys in Fernway. They're they're the best guys. They're super sweet. We spent like the majority of the night with them the last time they were in Charlotte and they stayed at that Matthews house that I mentioned earlier. Um, they're one of the bands that I absolutely hate playing with because there's no way to outshine them. Because they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. It's just but like, there's like 24 bands that are going to be doing that, that like that yeah. of that quality like yeah it's... like who's going to come after frontside who's going to come after condando like well fernley said they want to follow up that. frontside that's their one condition on playing this fernway's taking on top and frontside so dude do you know what it was <laughs> like playing with frontside every single night for a week i can imagine <laughs> dude like like it's it's not even it's not even like but it's so hard because he, all of them, Jolly, Walt, Josh, they're perfect every single night. And we, we played, we played, uh, uh, we did like a, like an emo, elder emo night, like karaoke, um, not karaoke, but it was like a cover set at a bar. And, um, Walt is hammered. Like he, he was like, pretty hammered, like sleeping hammered. in the parking lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he ripped not only like the crowing by Coheed and Cambria, but they ripped a cover of Even Flow by Pearl Jam. <laughs> and let me tell you, like, that was the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, it was just a three piece Pearl Jam cover. And, and he played all the lead guitars, like, Even Flow, like, the, like everything. And I was just like, I'm like, how, like, there's no way, like, I played with these guys for a whole week. It's so a dream. That sounds pretty on par to my first memory of Frontside. Like, <laughs> I've known, I, I've got to interact with Josh a lot because he's now also in Boy Named Sue. Yep. And it goes back to when those guys were proper sleep before Josh was in the band. I've been following them for years. Um, but Frontside, I have seen once, and it was at New York Pizza up in Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> and I distinctly remember Walt getting so blitzed that they got 
into an argument on stage and he did not finish the set. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate to throw him under the bus like that, but that that's just like it. You saying he got drunk down there, like that that seems pretty par for my memory. They're we're sweet. Guys, we're so. seeing a common theme here, Walt. <laughs> He's uh, finishing the whole set intervention. <laughs> But yeah, we we had a whole inside joke because uh, he he came up to us one time and he, and he was just like, "What uh, what are you drinking?" And <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, we just uh, like got whatever like the 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 they're providing at the bar like for for the bands or whatever. And he goes, "No oh, lot." So the whole joke, the whole time we were there, was just every everything was just Miller Lite. We we drank Miller Lights the entire run, like to the point where, like Mikey had a cookout and he gave us like a cooler full of Budweisers. We did not drink the Budweisers until we got to Orlando because we were just pounding back Miller Lights, just like <laughs> Miller Lite the entire time. And it, it got to the point where like our our drummer Tony, he was he was like he goes up to him and he goes he goes Hey man, Walt. He's like, thanks for being like such a good sport. Like we're all like kind of like making fun of the way you say Miller Light. And he goes, Oh no, man. Um, that's just a joke that I have. I just wanted to, to cook around with you guys. <laughs> You're gonna drop. You're gonna drop a festival after here. Well, uh, my Walt impression. I love my Walt impression. <laughs> it, no, it's great. It's so good. I um, dude, I love him so much. Like, like we had such a like a good time. Like the entire run, just like shooting the shit with each other, like giving it to each other back and forth. It was just, it was just so good. I'm so excited to, to, to see those guys again. I'm excited for you to meet so many people in the scene, like just saying to you now, like <laughs> we have conversations with all these, you know, like people in bands and, and people that just come to shows. Like it's a very personal scene. It's a very, uh, I dare I use the word like intimate, like you really mm -hmm. develop a relationship with these people and it's why people are so passionate about going to the shows now. Um, I'm, I'm just speaking to you now. I'm very excited for you to meet some of the people in the scene because you will gel and jive with a lot of them. Yeah. I'm excited because last time we played Charlotte, we had an oil leak in the van. So we were more worried about the oil leak than, mm. than anything else. And we were like, we we're like so worried about like, playing our set, making sure the oil was good to go. And it wasn't even an oil leak. We just put a different different type of oil in there. And it was so damn hot in June that it Ugh. it thinned out the oil. So it was just leaking a little bit, but it wasn't like oh. a major leak. But yeah, that we were so freaked out about that that we didn't get to actually like spend time with the people that like we were playing with in Charlotte. So I felt really bad about that. Yeah, no, I, you guys will have a wonderful time. And on a personal note, I can heavily relate because I kind of a lot of times will let mind goblins get inside and yep. create problems that aren't there. And I'm romping, stomping around the venue trying to fix things that don't need to be fixed. That's me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I rather it happen at home than when we're out on tour, though. Like, like sometimes the way you get, I don't know how that go in other states yeah well i mean texas texas oh, I, yeah. I hate to expose us but we had we had two personal situations when we played at sick type festival and i am saying this just because i want to bring up sick type festival yeah. ryan from new heroes down in denton like the most wonderful people exist in denton texas um and we played there 
home for the day played there and all of us under uh, the band i mentioned before duckbeak we played there in september of 2021 and it became how we view the bug jar how we view the milestone just like this sort of like i i would love to call this another home you know what i mean um and we had a couple of personal situations that prevented matt and john from uh coming and we did not know really what we were gonna do but with the homies we just winged it played a really tight four song set because we drove 20 hours and we might as well do something yeah um while we're here and ended up meeting a bunch more really really cool people there's a great video of me the lead singer of further north yeah that's, that's i i always get them mixed up with point north um uh phonetically but the lead singer of further north he's that's a, is that a smart punk band uh point north no further north no, further, further north. north no head north is oh head, uh, right. okay um but further north incorporates the rock show in their set the blink song and the lead singer is like kind of a religious man and not cursing in the song just threw him off and uh one of the members was just like i know you're a blink fan come just in the middle of the song just yanked me on stage so there's a great video of like me just jamming with them at uh at, at sick tight festival but yeah i don't remember where how i got on that but shout out sick tight <laughs> <laughs> i love that so yeah I, I definitely want to uh dive into some some seneca, seneca talk for sure um but before I do that, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and over-unders, props, your betting options feel endless. NHL playoffs are right around the corner, and there's no better place to place your bets than DraftKings Sportsbook. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier on that, you know, you guys are only going on like a little over a year of being the official lineup of Seneca Burns. And... I was fortunate enough to catch your one year reunion show at, at the milestone completely sold out on pre-sales, which was just epic. And, you know, that same night you got, you guys dropped Weedle. And like I mentioned earlier, already off to a really hot start with that single. So I guess just kind of walk us through the formation of Seneca Burns. Oh, all right. I guess we've got a good story here. And also, it's, why Weedle out of the original 150 one? That's a question for Matt. Okay. I don't know why he chose Weedle. That was just the demo title. I th so the actually the demo title was 
I don't know, man. Weedle was kind of OP. <laughs> and so we just started calling it Weedle. And as we're writing the lyrics, he's like, no, we got to change that. Cease and desist. I was like, they're not going to cease and desist us for calling yeah. the song Weedle. Like, no, we're not using any real intellectual property as our own. It's just, you know, it's a song title. Um, and, you know, we just, yeah, we, I was just, it was like, yeah, let's keep it Weedle. But the question as to why Matt is so attached to Weedle is that is a question for Matt. I will parlay that question over to him and get you an answer. I'll um, ask him in, in June. In time, there you go. <laughs> um, but formation of Seneca Burns. Oh my God. So I met Christian Whittington. <laughs> it, oh, no, hang on, hang on. I went to elementary school with John Jenkins, the bass player of Seneca Burns, and we weren't really friends until uh, our senior year of high school. It was just like different, you know, clicks. But we kind of loosely became friends, and then we found ourselves in the same learning community in college. And when you get thrust into that, familiarity is really yeah. comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, John and I, we didn't really have, like, a lot of common ground musically, but it was just like, we love each other so much. We love video games. We bonded over video games. We're showing each other games and stuff like that. Um we knew there was going to be a project for us one day and uh, skipping forward through like just, you know, trial and error, drama, everything like that. Um, I had always tried to merge like the hip hop stuff that I was doing with like my love for like Blink-182 and everything like that. You know, I'm enamored with like the Blink-182 fandom Um like the Tom DeLong guitars, like I've got how many behind me? Three or four. I've got four behind me and two at John's house, you know, and it just, I'm a blink nut. And I always wanted to incorporate that. And it was just like, I never had any people to meet me halfway there. And so again, fast forward, I met Christian at the milestone. I met Matt, Jarvis, our other guitar player, actually a couple of weeks prior um, at Skylark Social Club where y'all played. Yep. Um, and, you know, it was a very long sort of nine months between that point and COVID. I mean, it felt like so much happened between like the house shows for Hope and, you know, the, all the things with the other band Duckbeak, like getting in that and, and just all this. And when COVID hit, it was like, I really felt like now or never. And so my process for like writing all the hip hop stuff that I made, you know, I was completely self-produced. So I just wrote an EP. And on March uh, 28th, I started writing what would become Do You Know How Bright You Burn? And I went over to the studio that a friend of uh, a mutual friend of ours, like he and I had put all our gear together and made a studio and just banged out the demo in a day and spent a considerable amount of the next year, like really hammering these three songs down because it was like, something's different about these. And I pitched it's we're far enough removed and I don't believe anything's going to come of it. Uh, so I'll go ahead and drop the name. I've hinted at it before, but I pitched the EP to cardigan records mm -hmm. who have had some, you know, success out of, sort of the eastern side of north carolina and they've 
they've had artists come through like they've been around for a long time um and i was shocked because as often as i got turned down because rapper uh they were like yeah we don't want anything to do with the rap stuff but if you put a band around it like give us a call and i was like i remember my heart was pumping everything like that i was actually door dashing on the phone with christian and peter from home for the day and i was like i got to do something and they were both like well dude like i know christian was just like if you need me i'm there and i was in my head i was like john okay and i looked to my left in Duckbeak, and there was matt and he had always he had already expressed desire and wanting to work on these songs because i showed him so we all got together on i think it was june 27th of 20 21 i don't um, know if it was that late because y'all came to my birthday party which was like three days after that i feel like there were like one or two practices before i know that. we i know we wrote jaded on june 27th okay yeah um but it's either or it was just like okay we know what we're doing we know how we have to do it but it has to be like this thing like it it can't just be like an opening bill on another show and i was like you know what i have already told people i don't feel comfortable putting 100 percent of myself into two things so i didn't take any more solo dates i took yeah. the the one that i had with christian and i did a favor for a friend in jordan zeno who also was in no rope with matt um and i didn't take any solo dates and our first show was a total ruse i booked it as Atticus Lane's hiatus show. It was the final one, you know, and I had had a lot of people that would, you know, come to my shows and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was saying goodbye to something and it was the worst kept secret. A lot of people knew, but, and, and there were some people that were like, I'm driving down from Ohio and I'm like, no, 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 there's another thing. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't just, <laughs> shh, yeah. shh, don't do that. Don't do that. And, you know, it was my goal. I had some friends in a band called Tetanus, and they were running roughshod on Charlotte. If you want to know who started it, it certainly wasn't us. It was Tetanus. Um, they, I mean, they played Snug Harbor and had it had people wrapped around the block. That's trying, sick. Trying to get in. They were just, and they played for like nine minutes. They were just loud, fast, and that was it. Um, so... I basically, I went to all their shows and hung out with them. Pierce, the bass player was like one of my best friends and we just game planned this and I met people and I shook hands and, you know, very cringeworthy, very, very hard to do as somebody who internally is kind of shy and is scared of being rejected. But to get a chance, please come to the show. I promise it's going to be worth it. I promise it's going to be worth it. Just entrepreneurial one by one. Yeah. And lo and behold, I'm very proud to say as a rapper on the bill, sold out the milestone nice first show very first show and i it, we headlined it and we curated the lineup we asked a few other people but the lineup was what it was supposed to be it was the handoff come clean in the second after and i'm very glad because i truly made family that night i feel like i did um and just from that point on it's been like yeah I don't know. It felt like up until that point, almost a little bit of like people pitying. So they just came out of pity. But once they realized that it was like, I'm just pulling people that I like here 
And if I like you, that means the other person may like you. Like a lot of people have made friends at Seneca shows. Mm. And so, you know, there was that. We played the homecoming show. We did a tour. We did, it was literally Christian like leveraged the tour a off of home for the days pedigree, which well deserving of a tour. But if I remember correctly, there was some of it. He had to leverage off of the Atticus lane pedigree because you haven't played a show. You have no music. You want a tour. Um, yes, we do. So we, yeah. we sold out our first show six weeks later, we were on the road for 12 days playing 12 nights. When um, I was booking that run, there were a couple venues that just straight up told me no because Seneca had nothing. They're like, you're bringing a nobody band with you. We don't want it. And there were other venues that were like, you know, okay, why? Like, why, why should we do this? And I was like, just trust me. And a couple of those venues pulled through and let us do our thing. But like, that was, that was a tough job. And that, that was, happen. that was a tough ask of me. Um, I never want to act like this band is a me thing. And that was what I told them coming from solo stuff. And for me to ask that of Christian, you know, that, that meant so much to me as a person, because it's like, he believes in what we're doing. You know, it's it's, no, of course not. Why would you go on tour that early? Well, it's like, we know we, we have a vision and we have like a feeling and we have what we're going to do, you know? So we released the first song with the first show. We released the second song, had the videos for them. They were incrementally doing well and better than the last. And it's just like the last year has been this trial and error of us kind of holding true to our word, but also like finding new things along the way, finding new people, meeting people. And it's, it's like every conversation that I have with Christian, which is like three times a day, um, it's like, I don't know what we're doing next, but whatever it is, I know it's going to be fun. I know we're going to enjoy it. I know it's going to mean something. And we have so many great things over the horizon. Like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, what I should say. Um, I've always tried to be super transparent about stuff, but you know, we're playing this all ages venue because there's a bunch of kids who you know, we try to provide a safe space so we can have all ages shows. And it's like, you know, we're, we're playing an all ages show on the 24th, but until, you know, the festival, we don't really have anything in Charlotte. We're going on the road in April with American theory. Uh, I don't know how much of that is fully confirmed or what I can say of that, but you know, even down through the festival, we've got plans in July. Um, I've, don't even really care to to hide it like we're getting to play the big venue in september with emo night karaoke nice and you know i i did photography for them when home for the day opened in november and it was like the same vibe of the people that gave us a chance like buck when i emailed buck about the seneca debut and i said this is how i want to do it and this is how it has to be done he was just like you know what you're crazy but fuck (sighs) um and John, the drummer in the emo night band, he, I, I talked to him the whole day and, you know, I did, I did kiss a little ass and I'm proud of it. Uh, it's cause now we're, he's giving us an opportunity. I told him what I thought we could do. And he said, you know what? People believed in me when I was younger and gave me shots. So I'll believe in you. And that's, you know, that's all Seneca is, man, is it's, it's not like a mission statement. We're not trying to do any, this is just what we've wanted to do. And we're really, really pushing it with all we've got and seeing like, 
you know, the Spotify for artists, I know you've played that game of like, look and checking it every day, you know, half of Weedle's streams. And this is very important to me because I know a lot of people who have had like the fake streams and the bots and everything like that. Yep. Half, half of Weedle's streams have come from Release Radar and Discover Weekly. That's they're, sick. Al- they're algorithmic. And like that, knowing that people are listening and saving and listening again and like it's real. That to me is just like I, I could never be more grateful. I could never be like more thankful. I could never repay what people have given us because I could I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow and look back at what we've done just over these last 13 months. And I'm like, dude, you know, just wow. You know, my I, I had a boss when I was 19 years old and he would always tell stories. He was like a stripper. He's like a male stripper and like did a bunch of stuff and he would just stop and go, you know, I tried to do the shit that people talk about. And I've told Christian, like, that's all we're doing. People yeah. talk about doing this. People in bands talk about going on tours and booking and playing festivals and like talk about their dream. But like what we're trying to do, what we see out of time doing, what we see all these bands on this festival doing is doing the shit that people talk about doing. And that's, that's why this scene is flourishing. That's yep. why so many scenes are flourishing after COVID. Is people are like, you know what? Fuck it, Life, let's do it. Life's fragile. Fuck it, it's let's too do short. it. Exactly. Um, shout out to to John from uh, you know Emo Night Karaoke. John Damiano. He's he has been somebody that from the minute he we confirmed the Orlando date, like when we played back in a few months ago. Um, I forgot what date it was honestly it was like it could have been february um i have been we have been texting and calling each other weekly and texting like almost every single day just like talking about like what like what like what's going on like how they're doing like i made sure like like when he got back to new york like he gave me a call he was like hey dude like thanks for everything like orlando was sick like that like those are those are the people that we need in in the music industry, people who aren't going to be gatekeepers and people who are going to give bands a chance. Exactly. And and that, go ahead. Go, I'm sorry. I was going to say like, he, he just said like, I just Googled pop punk Orlando bands and I, you guys were the first ones. So I reached out to you guys. And like, those are the people that like, like give, give a shit for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. And yeah. it was, it's just a great relationship. I completely agree. You know, there's, by by all business metrics, and I think you can probably attest to this. There is there like not a venue in town that it's like, why don't you give us a shot? You know what I mean? Like why? Like it's not a venue; it's a promoter. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte years ago had a venue that was like the Milestone, and it was called Tremont Music Hall. The only difference is it was a 500 capacity. N- now. Tell me how awesome that would be if there was a 500 capacity that was home. Yeah. And it, it, the city got involved basically and took it away from everybody. And actually the bit, the business that I worked for in the day is an auction company. They sold it off like six months before I worked there. Um, It was prime real estate, man. That's like right in the heart of South end. Like when I first moved to Charlotte, it was still there, but it was like, I moved 2015 in the summer and mm-hmm. like that was the last summer of it. Like I don't exactly. think they had any shows when I was there. And then like Amos is 
at least back. Like there was a couple of years where Amos was gone. And yeah. Amos is a pretty cool spot, but I would imagine that the promoter there isn't probably so welcoming to locals. I would imagine that they that's, are only concerned about the national touring bands. And I don't that, know them personally or anything, but that's kind of the vibe I get. That's that, what we've run into. Um, and even other people that we're connected with in the scene have been like, the guy who runs it really isn't one for talking with the smaller bands. And he's really not even in it for the music. He's in it for the business. Yep. And it's like, that's, that's what's hurting the scenes all the, all across the country. There's that guy. Yeah. You know, and that uh, to book in back to what you said, that's why John means so much to me as a person, because he's literally going above that guy's head and going, nah, fuck you. Nah, we're not doing that. This. Just, you know, regardless of anything. And I, I had somebody in the scene who's a friend of mine, and I guess he didn't in the moment. He didn't really understand. He's like, what is it another karaoke thing? And it's like, yeah, it is. And while you're being sarcastic, I'll be playing for 800 people. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm doing it because there's a liaison at the underground who saw what Home for the Day and Oh You Pretty Things did, which, by the way, that was the night I got the shirt. You yep. saw what Home for the Day and Oh You Pretty Things did. And I spoke to her and said, I guarantee you that the work that we put in, it's not because Seneca's some great band. It's not because, you know, people just love us. It's like, we really, really work hard and we're really passionate about this and we really, really care about it. And it means the world to us. And I said, hard work alone. Don't worry about what we, who we are or whatever, hard work alone. We will blow your mind. And she's like, well, you know, we have discussed if if something like that happens, bringing back the local showcase. You kidding me? Like, if I got to be the one to eat the karaoke night so the scene can be put on in the big venue, I will gladly do that because it means that much to me. Oh, I would do it the karaoke night anytime because there was like 80% of the people that went to karaoke night don't go to local shows. Exactly. And if I can get 20% of that 80% to come out to a local show, that's a sold out show. Exactly. A hundred percent. The capacity of the underground at the Fillmore is 880. And we've been told if we oversell that, they'll kick us to the Fillmore proper. Yeah. Um, the Fillmore proper is 1250. 20% of that is like a milestone and a half. Yep. Yeah. I think the, the venue that we played with them, it was a 700 cap venue. Yeah. And there were 700 people through the door. Exactly. And not every scene can get you the hookup with emo night you yeah. know mike zimmer down in texas hooks that scene up and all power to him because i see bands like belclair bands like Pennyboard, all these like homie bands in texas that get to do the proper emo night big brand when they come through at black box in charlotte nobody's on it because the promoter that is putting emo night on there they're not going to bat for anybody I don't mean to throw Amos's under the bus. I really don't because I know we're live and everything like that. But when Four Years Strong came through, I I have a feeling that us, maybe another band, is deserving of getting that local spot. You know, we can definitely sell tickets in Charlotte. We've proven it. When Four Years Strong came through, Flight Club was in Richmond, and there was another local band in South Carolina. There was no local band at Amos's, and they specifically told us there are no locals on this tour whatsoever. Yep, that's Orlando, dude. That's that's what we run into, and it's so tough dealing with that because they do have the stroke to give that opportunity to the local. You know that all it takes is 
one bigger crowd to you, you wow them with whatever song you just came out with. They all go check it. That's a trigger of the algorithm. If 900 people check out something immediately, that's going to trigger an algorithm. Yep. You know what I mean? And it, it just, I don't know. I, I couldn't fathom being the guy that is just, no. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like end it with like this story too. Like we, we played with, we played with a band. We played with two bands that uh, one of them is really big and kind of like the emo, like post rock, um, you know, world. And then another one is pretty big within like the Ontario pop punk world. Um, and we played with them on a Tuesday night before a category four hurricane was going to hit. And we pull, we sold all of our pre-sale tickets that we needed to sell and 15 more. And everybody came out. And the night before a hurricane, like, the weather was getting bad, all this stuff. And ever since that night, like, we've never gotten another opportunity. And I'm just like, yo, like, if we were able to do that during a natural disaster style event, like, we could do this anytime you need us to. It's just like, just give us that shot. And exactly. I feel like that's what we need to do is just have these people you know, give these bands a shot because they're going to make you money. And if the show isn't selling out, you're not making money. Yeah. So like get these bands in there that will be able to do it. And especially like in these cities, like, like, you know, Orlando was, was a big issue last year because we wanted to showcase all these bands that a lot of labels have looked over. Same thing with Charlotte for this year. Like there's so much talent in the Charlotte, even the Raleigh triangle area that is so overlooked because everybody either skips over it to go to Atlanta or goes to Nashville instead and misses all that opportunity that's there. Like we need to showcase that. We need to make sure that, you know, these bands are, you know, get what they deserve for all the hard work that they put into it. Exactly. And and unfortunately, like what I've noticed is, you know, the, the Charlotte scene, will attract like the the big national bands like you know the four year strongs that you mentioned the state champs and whatnot and they're playing you know the 1200 cap rooms yeah but then the bands that are maybe playing the four to 500 cap rooms they don't come to charlotte they go to like the winston area the greensboro area they don't even go to raleigh to be honest like it seems like they hit the few venues that are in that like the what is it called? The the uh, triad area. Yeah, yep. yeah. Like Tremont. I know there's a... Tremont's gone. Yeah. So like so... that's lacking here in Charlotte. And yeah. you know the 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 band that is playing the 400 cap room would be down to have locals play. Exactly. But the band yep. that's playing the 1200 cap room, they don't care. They're they're not they're they're past that now. That they're. they're sometimes like their blinders are on and they don't realize like where they came from. Like you were once that local band. Exactly. And that's the one thing that I've noticed that's lacking with Charlotte. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a venue size issue again. Like Tremont was that middle lower middle that could do it. Amos is, I think their cap is 760. So it's right on that tipping edge. Cause the underground's 880. So what's, you know, 120 more people. That's that's you know chump change for the most part. And to be um, honest, Amos used to be like double the size. Exactly, yeah. exactly. If not triple the size, it, like it used to it, be way bigger. Yeah, and truthfully, I, I think like 
Christian and I, at least being veterans of the scene, can agree that I, I think Amos could assume that if they wanted to, but they don't. Um, there are, like I said, Four Year Strong had no problem with Flight Club in Richmond. They had no problem with a local band down in South Carolina. Um, and we didn't see flyers, but I'm sure there was a similar, you know, trend around yep. the area. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen Red Jumpsuit Apparatus play New Brooklyn Tavern with locals and Amos with not. You know yep. what I mean? And New Brooklyn's down in Columbia. I also think that, unfortunately, where Amos is, it is it's in the trendy. So it's in the trendiest part of Charlotte. Like being in South End <laughs> is super competitive. You see bars and restaurants closing in South End every other day. Yeah. So like, I, I would imagine that rent is very high for like to give Amos a little credit. Like I would imagine rent is extremely high, and yep. they feel that so like they have to have i guess you know the bigger bands and that's exactly maybe why they're not looking for for local bands to play like i i think amos if it was just like picked up and moved somewhere else would do wonders for the scene i think by being in south end hurts it and like unfortunately also like because i lived in south end and i know the type of people that live in south end yeah they're not going to shows at amos no. yeah they're yeah. not like it's yeah. trendy finance bros that are right out of college. They're not going to punk rock shows. That's that's why indie bands, the the few locals that do get on are like indie rock bands, indie pop bands. They do super well there because that's yeah, their crowd. Top 40. Yeah. Um, but no, I completely agree with you. They and to be honest with you, you know, I gotten a spat with a reporter um before the first Seneca show, which he told me I'm not gonna name names, but he told me I didn't know how to sell tickets. <laughs> Um, but I put a little bit of the onus on artists. Uh, we were talking specifically about the hip hop scene, but I, I did mention, I made a whole dissertation about it cause he posted a question and wanted an answer and didn't like my answer. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think especially before COVID there was, a, it was local music was doldrums. Like I never saw a show at the milestone and we talk about how hard they were going to save the milestone before COVID. Like I never saw a show there with more than 30 people. And that was every show that I went to, especially shows that I played. Um, like nobody was going out to shows and, and I'm not, I'm not mad that promoters are conditioned to be like, eh, well, you can't sell. It yeah. takes, it takes a John uh, Damiano to to go over them and go, no, this is what, like, I have my finger on the pulse. I know what this is giving you that sort of, you know, seal of approval. And then you get in the game, you go across, you slap the puck. It goes in. Whoa. You know what I mean? Oh, oh <laughs> you're speaking my language. Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> like, finally, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, I told you, I told you, if you wanted to talk about that, that Hurricanes uh, season in the mid-2000s where they won the Stanley Cup, I watched that. I can talk about Eric Stahl and Rod Brandemore all day. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is kind of lost on me. Um, but, yeah, it takes somebody with a little bit of power, a little bit of stroke, going over someone's head and proving all of those naysayers, all those people that have been conditioned to believe a different way, wrong. Um, and I, I, I think... I think a lot of people, as Christian said, as you said, um, are they're they're in line to get what they deserve. 
I really, really do. Um, because now there's a generation of people who are seeing, you know, mild success. Hopefully it turns to moderate and, you know, very, very great success who understand that, yes, we need to pay it forward. You know what I mean? Um, that was kind of lost on a small generation. And I think we all know now that, that yes, when, when it comes time for us to achieve something, we will pay it forward. Um, at least I have the intention of doing that someday. Amen. That's so important. So important. So I, I guess before we wrap up, uh, I, I just would love to know what's on the horizon for Seneca. I know, you know, Weedle's only a month old, but do we have some other tracks that have been recorded? And Atticus, do you do most of the recording? Like, are, are these tracks self-recorded and produced? Uh, Weedle was entirely produced in-house. Um, the first EP was for the most part produced in-house um, as a sign of good faith to the guys. Because again, I was coming from solo artists, self-produced. I didn't want it to have that stink um, of like one guy calling all the shots. I really, and I, I try to have as many conversations with everybody as possible about that. Because as I told Christian early on, I definitely want to have my hand on the wheel driving the car, but I'm not going to just tell you guys no for wherever you want to stop along the way. You know what I mean? Um, I, this is total democracy, 25% each way. Like whatever you guys want to do, I'm totally open to it. And it's one of those, like we basically pitch an idea. Here's why we should, here's why we shouldn't. And we all vote. That's everything on the band. And so as a sign of good faith, I was like, there's a studio in Statesville. We can go there. It's a neutral spot. Um, guys got a great recording process not for a pop punk band. <laughs> um, and so we, the, the original EP, I don't want to say it's Frankenstein together because I feel like that's disrespectful to it. I think it's great. I think it sounds good. Um, there are things that I have learned since then that from a production standpoint, I would have changed. I, if I had just recorded the drums ground up instead of keeping the drums from the other recordings. Yeah. You know, may, maybe it would have gone a different way, um, but I have no qualms with it. I'm very happy with it. I think it's performance and it's staying power. Uh, Mike, you you heard beyond the PA that people were, were singing some lyrics at the milestone. I think that's a great test of, hey, song's good. Doesn't matter how it's produced. Um, but Weedle was 100% in-house. We have a song that we're currently working on that we've worked with uh, another engineer from Charlotte. He's got an absolutely wonderful studio. Um, he's got a wonderful process. I think, personally, my biggest thing is I've got to be able to get up in the morning and go, I don't like what I did yesterday, and change it. And recording in another location does not allow me to do that. Yep. Um, it doesn't matter if he ran me through a vintage U47 into a Chandler TG2 preamp um, into a proper your a 1176 into an SSL fusion for some flavor. The gear at that point doesn't matter if I'm not happy with the take, I'm not happy with the take and I've got to be able to work on it, you know, as I feel. And I've got to be able to call Christian up and be like, Hey man, I'm gonna mic you up. We're going to do this again. Uh, call John up. Hey man, we're going to do the bass. Um, I got to be able to have that freedom. Otherwise I feel so restricted and, and cause things change a uh, little behind the scenes. Uh, it's not the end, not even close. The verses were totally different. And 
were Frankenstein together with recording like the intro riff, the da 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 da. That wasn't in the verse. That just happened in the intro. And so I cut Christian's drums and dragged that over because there was no way for us to go back and re-record it because we weren't in a position to do that. Um, songs change on the fly, and you got to be ready for the song to pull you in whatever direction it wants to go. Yep. Um, so we're going to lock ourselves in in a house uh, in about five days. <laughs> And it's going to be two, three days of let's just see what we got because I've got a bunch of demos. Matt has a bunch of demos. Christian has a bunch of ideas. And John always brings left field ideas that make songs completely different in the best way. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'll have a better answer for you in about a week's time. But yeah, I mean, we're still going to play the single game. We have a game plan for what we're going to release, why and how. Um, we've just seen success with it. I've told the guys, like, I know we want to release an album. Trust me, I want to as well. But as long as we're seeing success, I don't feel comfortable with putting some songs out there that may or may not get that deep cut treatment. Yep. Um, they're, they mean too much to me, and I think we're on too much of a hot streak to waste them, to be completely yep. honest with you. Uh, and so when we get to a point that releasing an album is feasible, and and it makes sense and it's not a sacrifice um then yeah i'm i'm definitely comfortable with doing it i know they're going to be pushing for it i know christian wants it christian yeah. wants it real bad and it's going to happen <laughs> and i'm tell you when it does happen it's going to be the worst music you've ever heard but we're going to have fun <laughs> with it we're going to have a lot of fun with it but yeah i mean you know shows and runs um everything's always like i said earlier on the fly um uh, we've got a, a bunch of big stuff planned and a bunch of game plans so we'll see how it goes um you were kind of going through the list of stuff we have coming up with shows and saying you know you don't know what you can or can't say yet um we are doing a run with american theory next month and we've got like a an outlying date at the poorhouse in raleigh um it's gonna yeah, be it's a, a big week deal for before us. we actually i love leave that for the run. it's, it's a great, great spot i've only got to go to one show there but since then i've been trying to make it happen and uh, uh another nod to the bar down lineup um for the festival that show is going to be april 14th with the second after in the bronze age so that's going to be a great way to kick it off um, the following Thursday, we're going to be going out for the the meat of the run. Uh, we're playing in Roanoke. We're playing somewhere around Philly. That's the only one that venue is still up in the air. Um, Philly's tough, man. Philly's tough. Philly, it's really yeah. tough to break into, even for um, locals of the Philly scene. Yeah, we've uh, we've got to play Philly a couple times already, Atticus and I, and we had more fun playing the second time around on uh there's a spot up there called walmart beach you park at a walmart put your gear in a shopping cart and go down like this trail like five minutes that just runs behind the walmart everything about this feels illegal until you just you go off the path and then you go through a hole in a fence and you're just on this concrete slab in the the what is it the delaware river 
it's um, it you know how philly and camden are on the river mm-hmm. okay it's basically like an old like warehouse dock that they ripped the building off so the concrete slab is just there and there's nothing so i'm gonna say it is definitely illegal but it sounds awesome <laughs> well it's nobody it's so far off that there's no noise complaint i mean i don't think i don't think a cop's gonna walk a half mile <laughs> No. To, to solve a that problem. sounds like the most Philly thing I've ever heard. It is. It is. Have, have you guys seen the like TikTok and reel of the guy eating like a sandwich and he put flyers up and people came and saw him eat a sandwich live and in person? Yeah. It happened at Walmart Beach. That's fucking <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so that's a really cool spot. And if if worse comes to worse, we'll just show up at Walmart Beach and be like, hey, you know, come come hang with us here. But um, we've got a lot of good people helping us up there. Um, hopefully we'll have something, but, uh, the next day, um, we're playing in Richmond and, uh, playing with some old friends of ours in Emerald beach. Um, yep. great guys. And then we're going to be bringing it home on the 23rd and wrapping it up at Monstercade in Winston-Salem, which over the last year, um, the Winston-Salem scene, has started to show that there's life again. There's Monstercade and then a DIY spot up there run by uh, Tony from All My Circuits called The Den, and they've done a lot of great stuff as well. Yeah, the dudes in Come Clean just sent me a video from their last show with Glazed that they had at The Den, and it looks like such a vibe, man. It looks like such a cool spot. And Beware the gremlins. Some of the members... <laughs> Some of the members of all my circuits have children who will steal all of your little wristbands. <laughs> if you they got how many Seneca wristbands? Like we, we had three. We had three hundred in. No, it was more than fifty, dude. We had three hundred in that little in this little box, and it was like light, pro empty by the end of it. <laughs> I was like, but but the kid who stole the majority of the wristbands also took a bunch of stickers. And when we played with all my circuits last week, Tony was like, I just want you to know that these stickers are going to the kid's school and just getting slapped on everything. I was like, let's go. I will. I will also say, Christian, you know what the kid who stole the majority of them did? Bought merch. No, came up to me and said, hey, are the posters free? (laughs) (laughs) that is a kid that is a kid who's gonna have coupons next to themselves like oh yeah all the time flip it all the time why do you have 50 cases of tied laundry detergent coupons christian christian that christian that kid is going to get the buy one get one on the foot long one day (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, god don't try to use a uh, buy one get one coupon in new hampshire if you're ever at subway um I asked the guy how the Mexicali was, and he goes, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I I will say, fun fun tour advice. If you reach out to Chipotle for for buy one, get one. I've heard coupons, about this. I've heard about this. They'll say they'll ask you to write like a haiku or a poem. And if you send them the poem, they'll send you like four to five like buy one get one entrees. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. It's so it's so worth it. If you get burrito bowls you got two meals right there basically exactly per person oh 
Atticus time to start doing poetry on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, a just get ChatGPT to do it. <laughs> well, I was a rapper. I've got a few bars left that I, yeah. that, I that I never used. Um, no, but no, if we start, if we put the tow package on John's car, we can get, we can have like a cooler, like a bigger cooler and just stack them on top, have the ice them over and then heat them up, find a microwave. Yeah. Go to Planet Fitness with microwave. Yeah, oh, hey, we go to Planet Fitness for the showers. Yeah, we'll, we'll ask about the microwave. <laughs> Sometimes they do pizza too. Yeah, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, good stuff. All the tour hacks right here on Bardown Breakdown. <laughs> but I'm sure, I, I'm sure I have one you, more can... hack to put out there. Um, when we were on our first run to Texas, we slept at a truck stop in Texarkana and lady informed us that with going to get showers uh with pilot flying j um you download the app register as a professional driver and you can reserve a shower on your phone and nine times out of ten they're not gonna check so you can just take a free shower yeah you just go in there and just take it <laughs> that's awesome. always always sleep at a bus. those places scare me they definitely have like glory holes all over them right no, not no. not Pilots not the no. If you get Bill's truck stop on eighty five, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leave Bill's alone. <laughs> or if you get uh, what's the other one? Ported biscuits on like North Carolina, like over yes. there on the, on the yes uh, the islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still want to go out there. It's a good time. You know what I'll you should it. visit? The Lions Den in Virginia. Oh, they have, they're all over God. the place. They're the, all over the place. This no, this was a big. So we were getting advertisements <laughs> for a sex shop for twenty miles, and it was the largest sex shop in the state. They're always so we, the largest. So it we stopped, and it was like the size of like my M Audio BX fives put together. <laughs> it was really small. Um, but yeah, didn't somebody? Didn't you get like a? Didn't somebody get something from there? Uh, Thomas and I both did. I got a. <laughs> I got a little Coca-Cola can that was like a stash can for your weed. Mm. Um, and then Thomas got a hoodie that said, fuck you very much on it. And he didn't wear anything else to play for like three months. That thing was crusty. <laughs> he didn't wear anything else to play for like three months because we barely played a show ever again. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That, was, that was the weekend before the lockdown. Just lived in that hoodie all yeah. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, boy. Well, well, we're we're about to hit the longest episode ever. No, hey, I'll take no, it. We've I'll we've, take it. we've definitely had some crazy ones, but I know this, we can this keep is a special going. one, man. This is episode one ninety six where we are announcing Bar Down Breakfest year two and B two. There's twenty four bands coming here to the milestone for a two day festival with all the homies it's going to be such a blast um the outdoor space is so dope there be able to set up some tents and just really have like a punk rock barbecue like gonna be sweet like just totally sweet and uh you know like i said you can scoop up your tickets today they are live now also i highly highly recommend get the weekend pass they're gonna fly like friday is gonna fly Saturday is going to fly. So just get the weekend pass. You're safe and it's going to be a special time. And I'm super excited. I, I just wish it was June already. 
I really can. I can I say one more thing before we start winding it up? You have no idea how happy Christian was that you guys had design and a name and marketing for all of this. God, we have a backdrop too. Oh, so do you know what the name? So (laughs) I was I was pushing for months that we should call this the Bunkhouse Stampede. Um, but Peter from Home for the Day had a better idea, and me and my expertise in marketing was like, this is genius. We can just act like we don't understand. Peter wanted to call it the big pop punk fest. And I wanted to abbreviate it with a giant PP big pop. <laughs> so it's the, the big PP fest. And we could have just acted totally aloof. Like what? No, it's not the, it's the big pop punk fest. This, no, of course not. It's not, but have like the logo be kind of phallic. And and just totally <laughs> lean into it, and you saved Christian from that. That would have been a year of us just making dick jokes. Why does this pee have like... veins in it? Exactly. Well, sorry. Um, we're gonna have to postpone announcing the festival today because we are now the big pop punk fest, the big PP fest, <laughs> the big PP fest. So give us a couple of weeks. You're gonna have to send that to the graphic designer, get something new made. Sorry, Bardown Breakfest had a good run, but it's done. It's now the big PP fest. Hey, if you want to put that as a tagline below, just like a little make it look like it was taped on with scotch tape. I am more than happy about that. We just need to make that like an Easter egg hunt for the show. Just make like six big PP Fest flyers and just put them somewhere. And whoever finds them and brings them in gets like, I don't know, a merch item or something. Oh, I would. I would. We'll do it like <laughs> we could do it like like put merch together from the bands. Just like yeah. a big bundle. Yeah. But I think oh. I think well let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about this after the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. not, not on live air. We we've got we've got just planning more as we're recording. <laughs> Lovely day. Well, dudes, it was a blast. Um I'm so excited that it is out there now. People can actually get tickets and just super excited to watch Seneca blossom before my eyes. And it's just beautiful to see. Same for out of time, but we talk about them all the time. But too much, too much. So it's it's nice to shine light on what's going on here in Charlotte, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, I, I truly appreciate you responding to my email and <laughs> taking my because crazy I'm, idea. Yeah, my crazy ideas. I got tons of them. Like Tom usually keeps me in my place, but I just went rogue and started emailing everyone and so excited that you listened to my crazy ideas and now this is a thing and it's going to be a blast man yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it and anytime you ever want to get seneca back on here like we're more than happy this was fantastic i i love doing stuff like this absolutely yeah don't don't worry don't worry me and me and mike are gonna have some good off the record fun here soon we've we've talked about it (laughs) we've talked about it uh, we're going up to Winston, right? Sometime let's, soon. Let's do it. Yeah, the the homies and overthinker and last disaster are playing Winston at the end of March, and I absolutely love those two bands. So I'm super excited to to definitely check them out at the Den. Get to experience that place as well. Yeah, going to be a good time. Absolutely. Sure. Well, thanks again, boys. We'll be in touch and uh, go get those tickets. Go get those weekend passes. Let's sell this out. 
let's do something really cool and special here in Charlotte for sure. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys. See you guys.